Section 8 of The Meadow Sprite and Other Tales of Modern Germany. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. The Meadow Sprite and Other Tales of Modern Germany. The Forgotten Chime by Rudolf Baumbach. Translated by Gertrude R. Schottenfels. Many, many years ago, there lived a man who had grown wholly out of sympathy with his friends and things in general. Finally, he betook himself to the forest, where he built himself a hermitage, and renouncing the world and its follies, he found peace and quietude in a simple woodland life. Near his abode was a forest chapel, which boasted only a painting of a sad-faced Madonna an altar and one tiny bell the hermit took upon himself the task of ringing the bell once every day close to the chapel was a cool purling brook bubbling out of the ground at which he slaked his thirst for food he ate the wild fruits of the forest except when the simple-hearted peasants of the neighboring villages brought him their wholesome offerings of homemade bread and cake and jelly with an occasional cold roast or pot pie Thus he lived peacefully for many years, ere he was gathered to his final rest. Then one day some peasants found him lying on his lowly bed with his hands folded peacefully across his motionless breast, and they wept tears of sorrow and regret, declaring that they would never again meet so pious a hermit. And indeed they were right. Far from that time on, the hermitage was deserted, except when some roving huntsman bent his footsteps thither or when some maid went to the brook to fill her jug the straw roof became covered with patches of dark moss and blackberry bushes and clematis pushed their rank up to the very windows the field mice made their homes in the hermit's leafy couch while the redstart built his nest in the very altar the forest and its denizens closed in on their former possession spring was about to make its entry and the earth was preparing to awake from its long winter sleep the south wind was wafted over the sea on dewy pinions it rustled the trees gently and the pine cones and dry twigs fell to the ground the streams and brooks awoke and gurgled softly over their pebbles to hasten on their winding way the snowdrops and anemones raised their timid heads amid the forest moss the showy spurge laurel put on a red silk robe and the hoopie with its brilliant crest announced the arrival of the cuckoo the hedges shook off their last dead leaves and with swelling buds awaited the call of spring the deserted bell in the crumbling belfry looked sadly at all these preparations for easter in former years when the bells pealed out their happy easter chimes it also had raised its voice and had sung in chorus with its haughty church tower sisters but that time had long since passed no hand had touched its cord at easter time since the death of the hermit there it hung silent and forgotten in the little belfry and no worse fate can befall a bell than to be silent at easter time it was holy week on ash wednesday the hare came bounding through the forest and stopped in front of the chapel to see if the little bell had any errands for him to do in town i am on my way thither he said i have been chosen for the easter rabbit and have my hands so full that i don't know which end my head is on but the bell remained silent and the hare sped on its way 
the next night a great noise was heard on all sides the deer fled to cover thinking the wild huntsman was abroad it was not the wild huntsman however it was the bells flying toward rome to obtain the pope's blessing the bell from the cloister on the mountain across the way came over and stopped a moment to chat with the deserted bell are you not coming along it asked i should dearly love to lamented the little bell but i have been idle all year long and therefore dare not but if you really wish to do me a favor i beg of you speak a good word for me when you see the holy father in rome perchance he may send someone to ring me on easter sunday will you do me the favor the cloister bell muttered something about it not being possible then raising itself like a clumsy bird it flew along after the others the forgotten bell was disconsolate be content that they leave you in peace said the owl these stupid forest creatures know nothing about chimes and besides they would disturb my meditations but i'll build my nest near you so that you may not feel entirely deserted and you will profit thereby for i am one from whom you may learn a great deal easter morning dawned the mist still clung to the mountain sides the cool morning breezes set the treetops rustling like the soft tones of a harp the first streaks of sunrise gilded the tops of the mountains and the pine trees sighed and stretched out their branches as though just awakening from sleep then the sun rose higher and higher in the heavens the forest birds began to flutter in their leafy nests and to lift up their sweet voices in a song of praise only the little bell remained sad and silent in the selfsame hour a young man passed along the highway leading through the forest he wore a leather jerkin and a feather in his hat a broad hunting knife with a deer horn handle and a rifle hung at his left side he carried a heavily packed bag of badger skin slung across his shoulders this together with the staff of blackthorn which he carried in his right hand betrayed the fact that he was not out hunting but setting out on a long journey a little further on a pathway led off from the main road towards the old mill and at this point the stranger stayed his steps for a moment as though undecided which way to go but he quickly made up his mind casting a gloomy look in the direction of the mill he tossed his head in disdain and let such a lusty huntsman's call escape him that the forest rang with the echo then he strode along singing you cool green leafy forest glades farewell our pathways sever for fame in distant lands to seek i leave you now forever a huntsman i with practised eye and skilful in the chase now take my flight to seek the flight and bloody battle place a lame grey falcon in the woods sits pining night and day a magic spell enthralls him there he cannot fly away for a nest he'd change broad freedom's range he fain no more would roam the spell is o'er rise falcon soar and wing your swift flight home but the last words came with difficulty and the half-suppressed sigh at its close accorded ill with the light-hearted song suddenly the young stranger left the highway and struck across the forest in the direction of the hermitage he stopped at the brook to quench his thirst and drank its cool clear water out of a wooden cup which he carried he emptied the last few drops on the ground saying well it's all over now the pure cool water had evidently failed to cool him for he sank on the moss under the shade of a tree near the hermitage and covered his face with both hands and while he is resting here let me tell you his story the previous summer he had returned to his native land after a long absence 
and entered into the employ of the old gamekeeper he had seen a good bit of the world in his day he had scaled the alps and hunted chamois in company with the emperor's retinue of huntsmen he had followed them to the brilliant hunting palaces where he had beheld the gay assemblies of courtiers and beautiful ladies of high degree yet no matter where he had chanced to roam he had carried with him enshrined in his faithful heart the image of the miller's daughter he had returned to his old home with a heart full of sweet hopes and a snug little sum of money which he had saved it had all come to naught his dream of happiness was shattered and he was hastening away to offer his services as a soldier in foreign climes and this is how it happened he had met her for the first time after his return here at this very brook whither she had come to draw water he remained hidden close by until she knelt to fill her pitcher then he sprang forth with a cry of joy and attempted to clasp her in his arms she was very much frightened until she recognized him then her fright gave way to anger and following its impulse she pushed him over backwards and hastened from the place later on he tried to make amends for his thoughtlessness it was at the harvest festival when old and young were wending their joyous way to the place where the dancing was going on he waylaid the pretty maiden and greeting her in the most friendly manner had offered her a fragrant nosegay of spice carnations no sooner had she recognized the donor than she turned on her heel and hastened back to her father's mill the poor hunter was wholly disheartened and threw the unoffending flowers in the brook how could he know that the contrary creature afterward fished them out of the mill dam and treasured them most carefully till they died a great anger against her rose in his heart very well he thought you go your way i'll go mine and that she might not have the satisfaction of knowing that he took her treatment to heart he gathered together a few choice spirits and pretty soon their wild conduct was the talk of the countryside thus he spent the entire winter with the spring came the tidings that war had been declared against italy and soon after the sound of the recruiting gun was heard throughout the land later on the streets swarmed with troops marching forth to fight for their emperor and fatherland the young hunter gave his employer notice gave his boon companions a farewell drink and hastened forth toward the battlefield and as we already know he had gone as far as the hermitage where we left him resting as he sat there his sharp ear caught the sound of a light rustling in the underbrush his hunting instinct was instantly awake and with eager eyes he sought the cause but it was no wild animal going to drink that was stirring among the bushes far from it he could see a white-clad figure between the trunks of the pine trees with noiseless steps our hunter crept behind the walls of the cloister for there coming toward him was the one he so fain would forget yet could not she walked slowly stooping now and then to pluck a flower which she added to the nosegay in her hand it was the miller's daughter and every time she stooped her long golden berets swept the ground when she reached the brook she filled her earthen jar with water and put her flowers in it then entering the chapel she placed the flowers on the shrine before the sad-eyed madonna and knelt down on the mossy ground before it she repeated the ave maria and then proceeded to pour out her heart in prayer it was a prayer full of self-accusation and remorse remorse for having driven him to danger and bloodshed then she begged heaven for a sign that he still cared for her in which case she declared she would walk as far as her feet would carry her to rescue him from danger 
just a sign dear heaven she begged then softly just above her head chimed the little bell in the belfry it was but a single tone yet it rang through her soul like a song of joy she raised her eyes inquiringly and the bell pealed once more this time more loud and joyously she turned quickly and there in the door of the chapel stood the young hunter extending his arms toward her and this time you may be very sure she did not repulse him the titmice and the goldfinch nesting amid the pines fluttered around them and even the timid field mice peeped out of their burrows to behold their joyful reunion after a while the young man reached for the bell rope exclaiming dear little bell you have brought us together now you shall announce our happiness to the forest world and the little bell in the cloister belfry shone brightly in the golden sunlight and swung untiringly to and fro while it sang its song of praise the preceding evening all the distinguished church bells from the surrounding villages had returned from their journey to rome they had beheld many wonders but notwithstanding all this not one of them sang so joyful an easter song as the little bell in the forest End of section eight.